0: What if you can't overcome it and there isn't anything better and you just have to gracefully let go of it? What's your advice for people for whom trying isn't an option, a no that isn't a not yet, but a never? If you're a person who's heard the word no from a boss, an ex, a team that cut you, a job market that didn't want you, an accident or diagnosis that left you debilitated and depressed, or felt paralyzed by any setback that you just weren't willing to accept, this is the show for you. 10,000 No's is a roadmap built by guests who have blazed trails, silenced critics, and overcome the odds by facing down their fears and transforming their failures into fuel. I don't care if you're young or old, healthy or sick, there is always an opportunity for growth. This is Matthew Del Negro, and you're listening to 10,000 No's. Welcome back to Ten Thousand No's. as always, thank you for being here. I hope you caught last week 's episode with actress Melissa Ponzio. She had some great stories starting her career in the southeast. Just some crazy stuff that made me feel like I had it easy starting my career in New York. Um, really great episode and and the the downloads were up on that one she 's got a huge fan base, so check it out if you have not. Today is going to be a solo episode. Um, I I got an email from someone who is a recent listener, uh, said that she she loves the show, she's inspired by it, she hasn't heard too many uh, episodes yet, so maybe her questions are addressed, and I I actually believe that her questions are addressed, but my thought was, if one person is, is wondering about what she's wondering about. Maybe others are wondering the same thing. So I wanted to address it with, with a solo episode. And um, basically I'm going to go through her letter and address it section by section and make reference to past conversations I've had. We're now, you know, we've had 90 of these. So uh, a lot of different folks from a lot of different walks of life with some crazy stories and really inspiring. Um, but essentially the title I came up up with sums up the broad strokes of, of what I'm going to talk about. And that is how to let go of a no. So it doesn't control you. Um, Just for your information, I think I may say in the recording that we're going to put the guest quotes in, but we're not going to do that. Instead, I kind of describe some of these guests' situations that apply to sections of this letter. And then we're going to leave links to any episode that I reference in the show notes so you can go explore those conversations or listen to them again if you've already heard them the first time. And they may hit you differently now than they did when they launched. Um, Anyway... Here's the episode. I really think it's going to bring home the central themes of this podcast for you. And um, if you have any questions at the end, I say just write in because I love this interaction. I want to make this about you, the listener. I love having great guests that are entertaining and have these incredible stories. But at the end of the day, if this thing is not teaching you or inspiring you or encouraging you in some way, then I feel like... I'm failing as a podcaster. So 10,000 knows is for you, the listener. So really hit us up, ask questions. You could leave comments on social media or you can email us at info at 10,000No's.com. Either way, uh, we're here to serve you. So just let us know. Okay, here's the episode. As I read through this letter again, uh, I realized that maybe I didn't completely interpret it correctly the first time. So I'm going to share some of it with you and we're going to, we're going to dive into it. And like I said, I'll back myself up with some, some quotes from guests. So, um, this person said that they, they appreciate the wisdom, uh, the guests around the topic, um, that's not talked about enough. Um, and then mentions this quote by Buddha that reads in the end, three things matter how much you loved, how gently you lived, and how gracefully you let go of things not meant for you. And then they go on to say, I'm wondering what your thoughts are. And if you can find a guest who can speak to the idea of the things not meant for you. And then she says that she's, she's listened to people that have failed at certain times, but they always seem to overcome it and eventually overcome it for something better. And what if you can't overcome it? And there isn't anything better. And you just have to gracefully let go of it. What's your advice for people for whom trying isn't an option? A no that isn't a not yet, but a never. Now, my initial response to that, and I think it's been backed up through all of these episodes. Maybe I'm wrong. You feel free to write in and and give your thoughts on this. Who is to say that a no is forever um, I think it's perspective. And I think all of this comes about, it, it, it comes from how do you frame the no? How do you frame the no? Sure. I guess if I'm, I want to be in the NFL and I'm just, you know, I'm four foot six and I weigh 80 pounds and and, and I'm really slow. Yes, that no might be a never. Maybe there's no way that I'm going to play in the NFL. But I think that's the point of the show. And if you look through the examples um, of, of the guests, it's taking those no's and then looking at them in a way that actually looks at them like a gift. Uh, In some way. And it's hard to do. And it's really hard to do when you're in the middle of that. No, when you are, you know, for me, I can speak. I, I don't know what tragedies you've dealt with, who, you know, you're listening right now. And maybe you have something that's much worse than I've ever had to confront. And so I don't mean to be disrespectful in saying it because I haven't been through everything, but I could speak for myself. I do know uh, as an actor, you know, the plight of, of actors is that there are stretches of time when we are unemployed and all we want to do is work and we can't do our art. But more importantly, sometimes, is you know, you Have a hard time feeding your family and feeding yourself, putting a roof over your head because you just don't have work. And then you have to figure out okay, well, where else can I make money to make this last? You know, uh, I spent many, many years working jobs that I didn't really want to work, but I had to work in order to support myself to stay in the game for the opportunity of when I would get to work. But it's not like that ever goes away. That inconsistency is, is built into my profession. And these no's are sometimes, I think they're built into our lives. And um, there there is, it, it, it is acceptance. You know, this person who wrote the letter is saying, when do I just, you know, how do I let it go? I, I think... It, it is, it's, it's whether you have to say, okay, I'm going to put this on hold. I'm going to go take care of what I have to take care of in order to come back to this. Um, and and I have to get sustenance somewhere else so that I can come back and, and fight this no and overcome it. Or in some instances, I'm thinking of one of my past guests, Heidi Dean, who was an actor. And now she runs social media, but she also had a bakery. And she talked about the green lights. She said there would be red lights and red lights and red lights. And then sometimes there would be green lights. And when she would get the green lights, she would follow the green lights. So maybe that's what it is. It's realizing, oh, I want to play in the NFL, but I'm more suited to be a commentator or I want to play in the NFL, but um, I'm going to have this other job and I'm going to do fantasy football. Whatever it might be, I think it's it's a matter of making friends with what is. And it doesn't mean you have to throw in the white flag and surrender to whatever it is you're going after. But I think you need to accept it. And sometimes, and I and I think... Um, I'm thinking of of Matt Long, who, if if you didn't listen, uh was a, a New York City firefighter, uh, an Ironman triathlete, and was run over by a bus and doctors thought he was gonna die. He's given a 1% chance to live. He now, where he's sitting now, and he still has pain in his life on a daily basis, but he feels like getting hit by the bus, he would not wish it away because everything that he cares about in his life right now and his life itself is more rich now than it was prior to being run over by the bus. So sometimes that proverbial bus that really hurts or in Matt's case, almost killed him is exactly what you need. That's what he needed to find his purpose. And I think... He's an extreme example of that. That's a very extreme example. And hopefully all of you are not run over by a bus or don't need to have something that drastic happen in order to find your purpose. But we bump up against things and we think in the moment, why is this happening to me? Why do I have to deal with this? Why, why does everybody else get to go ahead and do what they want to do? And I'm stuck here. And we all feel that. But that's a victim mentality, and it doesn't help our situation. I think it's a matter of, of looking at our lives and going, when things happen, good or bad, why did this happen? What can I learn from it? What am I supposed to learn from this moment? You know, I, again, I'll give an example from my own life. I um, was working on Scandal. Uh, I did not have a contract. Uh, I got a call from my agents that Shonda Rhimes said they were going to use me in a big way in the following season. They gave the dates. There were four months here. And then Kerry Washington was going to have a baby. And then we're going to do, you know, five more months of shooting. Um, I moved in that time. I increased my my monthly payments. Um, I was expected that I was going to have this job. And all of a sudden it went from, you know, potentially 16 episodes to three episodes. And I was sitting around, um, you know, cash was not coming in. Things were very uh, tight. Um, I couldn't get arrested for other jobs, even though I was feeling great in the rooms, the audition rooms. Um, But that period, which was very difficult for me, and there were a bunch of other things going on as well, that period is what pushed me to start this podcast and this podcast has led me to so many relationships friendships with with these people that have been in completely inspiring to me and changed my life my life in many ways that I couldn't anticipate but I guarantee you had I been doing all those episodes on scandal at the time which would have been easier I I would not have had the space. I would not have had the need. I would not have had the uh, the desire, the desperation to, to do something, to create something of my own. So that, you know, hardship in quotes is really what led me to be able to launch this podcast. And this podcast has brought a lot of good into my life. Denzel Washington, I, my friend just sent me A uh, speech that he gave and uh, I'll run the clip here. Keep working, keep striving, never give up, fall down seven times, get up eight. Ease is a greater threat to progress than hardship. Ease is a greater threat to progress than hardship. So, Keep moving, keep growing, keep learning. See you at work. Love that quote. So it's being uncomfortable, which is what forces us to dig deeper and to really find what's underneath and what's driving us and what our purpose is. So this person in the letter says, several examples come to mind. Someone who faces an accident and now has a disability that prevents them from doing what they love Um. I think as I said Matt Long addresses that he couldn't run marathons at the same time that he did before the accident he couldn't do the ironman um at the at this under the same time as he did before the accident but he he was an incredible story that was you know he was able to do them again which is unbelievable but really he's not competing the way he was but he is now able to relate to athletes with disabilities. He now has a foundation, the I Will Foundation, which helps athletes with disabilities or people who have, who have had accidents and now they need a new bike that could address whatever their problem is. He, so he has taken that and he, it was a gift. Again, and he's looking to serve others, and he talks about that. Before the accident, it was all about Matt. After the accident, it's all about serving others. So that's one. The other example this person gives is, um, they said, a woman who physically can't have kids, even though that's all she ever wanted. Now, there was an episode that I did early on in the run with Amy Budden, who is a hypnotherapist um, and meditation uh, guru. I don't know what you would call her, meditation guru. Um, And it's called Train Your Brain. And I can put the link to that in the show note. But she talks about the, I think it was seven miscarriages that she had, something six or seven or eight, and what she was forced to do and to learn in order to uh, help her situation. And she eventually um, did get pregnant again, did have another child. Um, You know, maybe this person writing the letter would say, well, yeah, but she ended up getting it. Well, for that story, I also know uh, people that were not able to get pregnant. They, they, They couldn't, have kids of their own and they they adopted kids. And that turned out to be their story. Is it exactly how it was planned or what was wished for in the moment? No, but those people are very rewarded and they also have challenges just like the rest of it, just like people who have their own kids have challenges. The other questions were, how do you accept a no that's a forever no, a no that redefines your identity or the identity you always wanted? It says, getting over it is hard. Yeah, I agree. Getting over it is hard. Uh, There are many things that I have wanted that um, I did not get or I have not gotten yet. Um, Yes. I think there are no guarantees that life isn't hard. Again, I think it's how you frame it. Um, You know, I just had this conversation with my son who uh, plays baseball and um, recently seems to have an uptick in his interest in the game. And he was was down after a pass game that didn't go well for him. And I gave him, you know, this is cliche. People talk about it all the time. But I said, you know, the the greatest hitters in the major leagues are, uh, you know, not reaching base seven or six or seven out of 10 times that they're at bat. So I said, what does that tell you? If that's the best of the best and they're not getting to base seven times out of 10, failure is built into the game of baseball. And baseball mirrors life in a lot of ways. And I think if you go into baseball expecting to get on base every time you're at bat, yeah, you're going to be really disappointed and you're not going to be able to perform because your head is not going to be in the right place. But if you go into games and you know that that's part of the game, that failure is built into it, when you strike out or pop out or whatever it might be, you 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 let it go. As this person is asking, how do you let go of a no? You let it go because you're freeing your mind for the next time you're up at bat. If you're thinking about the last play, you can't perform well on the next play. And I, I, I think, yes, getting over it is hard. And I think that's one of the The issues in in today's society is everybody wants everything right now, myself included. I think uh, I've gotten better about this, but we all want things right now. Did we put the time in? Is there a reason? And I have a great quote from something I heard the other day, a speech that I heard. Bishop Jakes, uh, he says... Success that you have not been groomed for is like birthing a baby prematurely. The chances of survival go down the earlier the baby is exposed. Sometimes things don't happen as quickly as we want them to happen. I certainly attest to this in my career. I have been doing what I do for a long, long time, and a lot of that time has been a struggle. But when I look at it, I think I'm prepared in ways that I never could have been prepared 10 or 15 years ago because of the, de- the delay, the delayed gratification. I'm more prepared to handle the things that I wanted back then, that I still want. And also some of my goals have changed. Because life has gone on, because I have a wife and kids now, things are different. Uh, the landscape of of my field is different. So yes, getting over it is hard, but um and i'm gonna I'm going bring up a quote. There was Russell Crowe talking to a friend of mine when she was working with him. and she said something about how oh, they they had to do a reshoot and and she had to come back the next day, and it was very emotional. And he said, and we still joke about this. He said, that's the gig, mate. And my friend and I still still say this to each other. And that's kind of it. Yes, getting over it is hard, but that's the gig, mate. Life, that's one of the challenges. Um, and, and I think that's hopefully what this, this podcast will do for you is to say, yes, it's hard, but look at these other people. They've had those same hardships and somehow— They've gotten over them, but they went through pain. I'm thinking of Susie Batiste, who is the founder and CEO of Poopery. And she was, she had an attempted suicide in her 20s. She went bankrupt twice, but it was out of that complete loss. She was knocked out for four years. It was out of that that the idea for Poopery hit her and now you can look at her and say oh yeah life is grand for her well sure but how was it back then and did she go through so much more pain than everybody else and now she's being rewarded that much more maybe i don't know maybe it's maybe it is a prerequisite that you have to go through X amount of struggle and pain, and and I don't know, in order to to be rewarded. I'm not sure how it works. I don't know that anybody has the answer, but I do know that, yes, getting over it is hard, but getting over it is what you have to do. This person in this letter also asks, um, they say, I'm interested in exploring the times when you try and fail and try and fail, but keep trying because maybe eventually it will work. How do you know when to tell yourself no and move on? The serenity prayer comes to mind. I need me some wisdom, she says. Now, I am a human. I have no idea what the right answer is. I don't know what it is for you. Um, I can tell you what it is for me because um, this is my life. I mean, it's full of... It's, it's full of trying and failing, trying and failing, holding on to belief. I'm going to give you, I got some construction going on here. Hopefully you can't hear that in the background, but it's, uh, it's vibrating my brain. Um, so I'm going to give you a quote. It says, what takes the most faith is to be buried in the soil of uncertainty and keep growing. Faith is not the absence of doubt. It is the means to overcome it. My doubt is the evidence of my growth. Because the closer I get, the more questions I have. I think those quotes answer that there really is... there. No one can tell you when it's time to give up. You don't know what's around the corner for you. It's how much are you willing to take? How much does it mean to you? It might be right around the corner. It might be a hundred miles away. It, it might never be coming i I don't know i I know that I am guided by a faith that uh you know, and that that faith can be shaken to the core. It often is. Um, but there are certain things that I believe are... Uh, coming my way, and and it depends on which day you ask me. But the ones, it, it, the end of the day, you are no one can tell you. I, I think, and and I I want to say to this person, and hopefully you're listening, uh, you who wrote the the letter, that we don't. No one has the answer. There's no manual to this. Uh, there's no there's no right answer. The answer is in your actions and I believe that your faith can lead you to actions which can then lead to things actually happening. Um, but I believe it it starts with faith. So now we get to the part where that I was kind of addressing in my post which is, The letter says, the people on your show are highly successful people, even if they didn't start that way. But I'm curious about the moderately successful. I'm not aspiring to overcome a rejection to be nationally known. I just want to overcome it to keep living my quiet life. It would be great to hear from more regular people about how they have overcome and know and are leading a relatable, meaningful life. Now, that I think is is maybe where i don't think that this person is actually seeing or hearing or really listening to what the guests are saying first of all what is highly successful right is it monetary is it financial is it that you're known by a lot of people i i don't i don't think it necessarily is you know versus moderately successful i mean i would say happiness is a measure of success. Uh, we've had people, Natalie Cogan, who was uh, very successful in the um, in the sense of finances, and then she felt like she wasn't fulfilled, so she started happier now uh, because she felt that she was always wishing, you know, what I'll be happy when you know X, Y, and Z happens, and instead she decided to form this company and write this book. I'm happier now because, and again. I think it's about gratitude. I think it's about how you are framing your life. And I feel as though this person who wrote this letter is framing it in a way that they don't have, they have less than everybody else. And I I really do think that it's it's a perspective issue because any one of us can look at someone else's life from a bunch of different angles. And I think the people who are most you know, successful in my mind are the ones that actually feel gratitude for whatever it is that they have. Literally whatever it is. They could have nothing or they could have everything because there are plenty of people with billions of dollars who are miserable. So I don't know that I would call that a success. It's a success in one tiny sphere. It says, it would be great to hear from more regular people about how they have overcome and no and are leading a relatable, meaningful life. I don't know... That that is uh, a fair assessment of the the guests that have been on to, to say they're not regular. Um, I I understand it, and I'm not I'm not being cute here. But I think really everyone that's the point. Everyone gets up and puts their pants on one leg at a time, and I guess the reason these people are being asked to be interviewed is that there is some unique perspective that they have or some accomplishment that they've made that puts them in the way of a an interview show. You know, whether it's just mine or they're on a bunch of interviews, you know, there are things. I, I understand w- what's being said here. But if you really go into the nitty gritty and listen to it, every one of them uh, feels those same insecurities, or they have felt them at some point. And most of them say that they still feel them. Um, And then there's also something else. I I know that I've been a guest on other people's shows and you can listen to yourself. If you go listen to those interviews and you go, wow, I sounded really eloquent and I sounded really full of faith and I had no doubt. And man, that was inspiring. But when you're in your, when I'm in my day-to-day life, it's not always like that. So I would say take these interviews with a grain of salt as well and realize that people are uh I mean I feel very lucky that these guests have been so vulnerable and so honest in presenting their lives and their challenges. But even with that, look, it's a it's a show, it's a conversation, and and, and people are you're not seeing Everything that they deal with, you don't know exactly. You know, maybe they're uh, they're doing very well themselves, but they're helping a bunch of relatives, or um, they're quietly dealing with a disease, or and they don't mention it in the interview. But but I guarantee you, everyone has pain, even the ones that have have overcome uh, more obstacles than the average person. Um. So anyway, I I really give my thanks, my gratitude to uh, this woman. Um, Her name is Sarah. Sarah, thank you um, for reaching out in in such a detailed way. I hope that your questions and my answers to them uh, were enlightening to you in some way and hopefully to everyone who's listening. And um, we will be back with more interviews coming up and more solo episodes and really my aim is to help you take this information and apply it to your life and be able to realize that you are enough and you have the tools inside you and you can you can you can do it or you can decide that it's not for you anymore and do something else that will fulfill you all right Have a great week. Thanks for listening. And be sure to subscribe on Apple iTunes Podcasts app or uh, Spotify so you can get all these episodes on your devices. And um, you can check out 10,000nos.com. You can email us at info at 10,000nos.com if you have questions yourself. Thanks so much.